RDTDaily.com presents a Tara Buster with comedian Tara Devlin. All right. I'm glad to be here. What a week. I had a shitty week. I don't know. Here I am starting off cursing. I'm in a bad mood. Uh, I'm just, I've been, I've been saying that a lot lately. In general, I'm in a bad mood. I've been, I guess I should be a happier person. I don't know. You can't really help the everything, right? You just have to make a choice at some point to be happy no matter what. And sometimes I think, what am I worrying about? Because in general, everything will pass. Every I We only have a certain amount of days on the planet. I need not get so stressed out. Ultimately, it's all just a dream, right? That's what I say to myself. I'm in an existential crisis, clearly. Maybe somebody has an answer for me. And anybody, if you're from Ireland, I'd love to, I don't know. Maybe there's some sugar mama in Ireland that wants to come and take care of me and let me sit on a cliff for about two months and just stare into the sea. I won't jump, I swear. I'll just stare. That'll be enough. All right, my name is Tara Devlin. Let's get the show on the road here. We meet here every Saturday evening from 6 to 8 p.m. at the RDT Daily Facebook and YouTube channels. And we are rebroadcast starting Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern on Progressive Voices or anytime on the Progressive Voices app, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, all of the places that you can get your podcast. I'm wearing this shirt. It says... Therefore, I'm liberal. There's a brain on it. If you like that shirt, you can buy it at the RDT Daily store. And we have a Patreon page. I want to thank all my patrons. I will thank you personally in the next hour. Um, And we need, because we need support. The show has to grow. We have to, I mean, that's just the bottom line. Oh my God, Jim, Thank you. Super chat getting right off the, right off the bat. That's that means a lot to me. I have to tell you. I I'm sincerely cuz I'm really kind of in like I guess you would say I have a case of the blues. So, but this I knew that the show was going to be a boost that I needed. We all are exhausted. That's the bottom line. So, when when you send this super chat, Jim and other people who support the show that says to that says to me that we're on the right path so i want to thank you for that and if you can't support the show financially there are other ways you can support the show you can just share it with your friends and whatnot so that helps too giving a giving a review helps and then i thought maybe another good thing if you guys call if you watch or call into other liberal talk shows or any talk shows, call up and uh, mention the show. Mention my name. Mention Tara Buster. Have you heard Tara Buster? Have you? I thought that would be good. That's how how it's you know. Well, Baba Booey. If you listen to Howard Stern, that's what he would do. People, his fans would call up and say Baba Booey, Baba Booey. I'm just saying. Hey, do you do you know Tara Devlin? I heard on Tara Buster the other day. If if you are so inclined to do that, that would be immense. So, all right, listen, as I always say, I always say, as I always say, and I always say, listen, so you are listening. 
Um, what a week. <laughs> it's my, and my head is honestly spinning. I'm sorry. I just spit at the camera. That's wonderful. And I watching the impeachment, of course, I'm relieved that Nancy Pelosi is, oh, has opened an impeachment inquiry, but I'm also concerned. There's ma- many things. First of all, we we know that 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 Bernie had a heart attack this week, and everybody knows I'm a Bernie Bernie bro, I guess, right? Um, I'm not a Bernie bro. What is a Bernie bro? I guess it's a way to dismiss the fact that there are people who like Bernie or appreciate Bernie are multi diverse, and it's we were all supposed to be male uh millennials i suppose or i don't know but i uh, i i found it pretty typical that because bernie B- bernie had a heart attack he finally is getting covered on the corporate media that he hasn't had so much coverage at all in the years he's been promoting the the progressive policies that we now kind of take for granted that we now think are the standard, like a $15 minimum wage. That was pie in the sky back in the day, not too long ago. We're talking 2016. That was too pie in the sky. I remember Hillary Clinton saying she had a plan. It was it was $12 an hour. So what's the difference? Oh, 12 and 13. Well, what's the difference? That's a, that's a bus ride. That's a trip to work one day. That's a, that's a cup of coffee and a bagel. That's breakfast. That means a lot to people. If you have have it all, what does $3 mean to somebody? I don't know. If you you don't ever have to struggle in your life. But some people live in different worlds, I suppose. But anyway, but now $15 an hour is... That's honestly... It should be more. If the... If the minimum wage kept up with the rate of productivity in this country and the funneling of wealth up to the top, the, we know that the minimum wage would be over thirty. It would be thirty something dollars. I don't. I don't remember the exact amount, but it was like thirty whatever it was. Thirty. It doesn't. Thirty three. Thirty three and fifty cents. Something like that. So it's we've we've been getting shortchanged. The American working class which uh, they used to call the middle class. It's not the middle class anymore. The middle class is this umbrella term that is supposed to uh, reflect something real. But it's there is no middle class anymore. It's a very small middle class, just like in the, the system the founders fought a revolution to escape, where you had a giant, well, you had a small pool of, of wealthy people who owned and ran everything and they passed on their wealth to their undeserving heirs. And so every now and then you get a nice person in there and the huddled masses would breathe a sigh of relief and hope for the best. But that's, that's the revel. That's the kind of system we didn't want here in the United States or the founders wanted a Republic, right? If you can keep it as we keep hearing Nancy Pelosi saying, a republic, if you can keep it. Well, we we're 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 hanging by a thread, Nancy. But I'll get into that in a minute. And <clears throat> so the you know 
there is no middle class. We have the working poor. You're not uh, a, you're not a functioning democracy if you have something called a working poor. Okay, how much have we been beaten down? These are all. That's a reflection of the fact that we have Stockholm syndrome in this country. That we have been beaten down by the elite who own the mechanisms of the of media that they could spread their propaganda and have us believing and cheering cheering for things like a an estate tax. Well, I mean, we don't cheer for that stuff because we're not stupid. We're not dupes. We're not Trumpanzees. We're not cult members. So, we don't fall for the for the bullshit like when Trump went down to that retirement community in Florida to rail against socialism when all those people down there are on socialist security and socialist Medicare. Get your hands off the, my government-run health care. But don't worry, this country will never be socialist. And the, the, the thing that they peddle, these filthy Republicans, uh, just an example, yet again, of everything I always talk about, how they divide and conquer us, Oh, don't worry. Your Medicare, we won't touch your Medicare. We're only going to make little tinker adjustments to people under such and such an age because it's all about, hey, you got yours, Jack. Sucks to be you. Forget it. You're up on the top of the heap thanks to the progressive policies that liberals and normal people made possible. Pull up that ladder behind you. Once you got yours, Jack, whatever. Leave no one behind here in America, unless you got yours and, oh well, sucks to be you. The hypocrisy and the the, the idiocracy. Trump was speaking to this retirement community, talking about socialism, and them not even putting it together, that they're able to retire. I mean, I don't know all of their circumstances, I'm sure, because we know how Republicans love arguing by anecdote. It's, uh, I'm sure, who knows what the situation is for all of them. But the thing that's be- beautiful about Social Security is that it belongs to everyone. Everyone gets it. Whether they, I'm sure of these, these senior citizens in this retirement community, they get pensions and things like that. They're, they're not in the 401k generation. The 401k generation is retiring now, and it's not looking good. They don't have enough to retire on. That's why one-third of the American people will never retire. That's not a functioning democracy. We should be looking at that as a failure. But yet, the Republicans, the way that they present it to us, and a lot of dupes buy it, they present it as a personal failure. It's not the system that's failed you. It's you. You failed you. That's the scam that they run. And they run that scam from sea to shining sea. And all the halls of power, be it the halls of Washington power or in some church hall where they're preaching this prosperity gospel, it's the same line. It's not the, it's not the system. It's you. You got to be, you got to pray more or do so, whatever it is. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Uh, anybody can be a billionaire. But it's a it's a scam, and it's funny how it depends wherever you finish. Kind of depends on where you start, for the most part, and then they'll take one or two. Whatever, uh, whoever gets pulled out of the huddled masses, 
by luck or by whatever it might be, um, you know, winning the lottery or perhaps they're good at sports or some 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 one or they have an academic prowess or whatever it is. They'll pull that one person out and that will be the example to the rest of those stuck who are, aren't entrepreneurs, who aren't ever going to come up with some app or some kind of digital whatever the hell to re, uh, reshape the way that we uh, drive a cab or whatever the hell. Some people just are, you know, they're part of the pieces that keep it going. They sweep the floors. They drive the buses. And not everybody's a freaking entrepreneur. That's what's so annoying about this country. As if the best thing you could be is a bit is you, the top of the the food chain is a bit you're a businessman and of course a man too right you got to be an entrepreneur it's that entrepreneurial spirit no actually the american dream was not the entrepreneurial spirit it was the fact that we could all have a decent life from the janitor who swept the floor to the ceo in the boardroom they weren't so far away where they and, and literally and figuratively, in fact, you you used to have people, the CEOs, living on the same block with the people who worked in the company. They didn't they didn't disappear behind the walls of their gated communities. The disparity between the lowest paid worker and the CEO or the highest paid worker in the company was twenty five to one instead of um now it's over four hundred and something to one. That's not okay. The fact that we think that's okay. That's the new normal is um, part of the problem. That's why we're in this problem where we're hanging by a thread. Guess what? When Nancy Pelosi goes out there and says, oh, a republic, if we can keep it, I'm glad she knows history. We all know that story of Ben Franklin. What kind of government do we have? Oh, a republic, madam, if you can keep it. Yeah, we know that story. If you can keep it. But do most of the American people know that we don't really have a republic right now? It's hanging by a thread? I don't think so. Do, do, they, do they understand that every time Twitler strokes the sword of a dictator, he is putting another nail in the coffin of this grand experiment in liberal democracy? I don't know. That every time that Nancy Pelosi, for, for the months and months and months, that that criminal squatted in the White House despite receiving fewer votes, that for all of those months, the people like Maxine Waters were calling for Twitler's impeachment because of his inherent criminality. He is not a businessman. He does not care about this country. He never did. He's self-dealing from the time his mother put him on this earth, unfortunately. From that time that Twitler was squatting in the White House despite receiving fewer votes. The crimes began. They never stopped. And Nancy Pelosi, for her to waffle about it for months and months, that gives the impression that when Maxine Waters was calling for his impeachment, that she was being political about it. The articles of impeachment, it's overwhelming. From calling the press the enemy of the people. And these are the things that we know. You can't get away with that and have a functioning democracy. You cannot allow someone to thumb his nose at the entire system of government. There needs to be an accounting. I mean, I know whatever. You know how I feel about the DLC Democrats. I, I believe they're part of the problem. And people are saying, oh, I now see Nancy Pelosi's 
strategy here of impeaching him now. We're only going to impeach him on this because we need to bring the American people along. No, you needed to use your bully pulpit to explain to the American people. But the fact is, Nancy Pelosi is not a good brander, I guess. She's she doesn't seem to be a good spokesperson for this because of her mealy mouthed, you know, waffling about it. Oh, well, this is this this is a clip I just came across by accident. Trump saying, "How can you impeach somebody who's doing a great job?" You can't impeach somebody that's doing a great job. That's the way I view it. I've probably done more in the first two years than any president, any administration in the history yeah. of our country. Can- just say that, and it makes it true. Poof. It's the same way Trump's steaks are sizzling and delicious, and Trump University makes you a brilliant businessman, and Trump vitamins fill in all the gaps in your DNA. Just keep saying it. That's all this guy knows. The con. Never concede any kind of fallibility. Oh, his phone call with the Ukrainian president. It was it wasn't just a nice phone call. It was a perfect phone call. How do you have a perfect phone call? Perfect? Seriously. If it was so perfect, why are there ellipses in there? Why why are there gaps in the transcript? Because he's a liar. I want to I want to see the other transcripts they put in that secret server. Remember how we had to endure the constant railing and whining? from the fascists that Hillary had stuff on a secret server. This is a criminal enterprise. Everything is in secret. They operate in secret for self-dealing. They have Mike Pompeo's flying around the globe trying to falsify evidence to validate conservative conspiracy theories that don't exist. These are people who hate this country. You look at regulations. You look at what regulations as if those are good things. Keep repeating it. You look at tax cuts. You look at regulations as if tax cuts to the rich are, they're amazing. They make the world safer democracy. And regulations, doing away with regulations, that's just, that's all what we need. Because regulations, you know, like when the Cuyahoga River was on fire. Let's go back to the good old days. Republicans, they're not a political party. They are a cult. They have the same remedy for everything. They don't have an interest in actually addressing the problems we face. They are a cult, like the Heaven's Gate cult, like any cult, like a Jesus cult. There's no coming to a consensus or trying to actually fix the problems that we face. No. To tackle the real things that we have to deal with as a species on this planet? There's none of that. There's regulations and tax cuts. As if, I mean, it's such an infantile way to live, too. Across the board, um, it's the one and two, two remedies. No wonder, it's one and two. Like a baby. I got a regulations and I got a tax cuts. That's all they can handle in their toddler brains. You got a number one or a number two? Look at me. I did a boom, boom. Oh, that's another regulation. Another, not regulation, another thing. Either that or or now it's judges. Judges and boom, booms. I make a boom, boom. Then that's uh, Trump, how strong he is. He's so strong, apparently 
his calls to Putin were alarming. There's a, a and they're reporting today that there's another whistleblower coming out. Of course there is. I, why aren't there more? Because Twitler and the Republican Party, they are cleaning house. If you are a patriot, if you actually love this country and want to fight for the republic that so many fought, bled, and died to entrust to us, in their eyes, you're a traitor. That's the crime family. Loyalty. Bill Barr is flying around the globe, strong-arming, using our taxpayer dollars to strong-arm allies and, and anybody who will listen, falsifying dirt on a political rival. It's beyond belief. And Nancy Pelosi, okay, here's the thing I wanted to play, which kind of annoyed me. Where is it? Because Nancy Pelosi is going around saying how we have to be prayerful. We have to be, If what's this prayerful? We have to be fair. We have to be prayerful. And this president of the United States is stooping to a level that is beneath the dignity of the Constitution. The good thing about this clip is she gets in some good digs about Trump. Since the chairman mentioned our founders, they put guardrails in the Constitution because they knew there might be someone who would overplay his or her power. Overplay? They never thought that we would have a president who would kick those guardrails over and disregard the Constitution and say, uh, Article 2 says that I can do whatever I feel like. So this this is sad. We have to be prayerful. We have, we to, be have to be worthy of the prayerful. Constitution as we go forward. We have to be fair to the president, and that's why this is a an investigate an inquiry, and not an outright impeachment. Yeah, because you don't want to be you don't want to be unfair to the con man. You got to be prayerful. You have to be quiet. That's that's what she's saying. You have to be quiet about it and prayerful and respectful. It, this is how a republic dies. No, honey, when somebody's choking the life out of you, you fight like hell. You don't sit there, let me let me reason with you. Let me be prayerful. Maybe you'll say a prayer because it's the last thing you ever do because they have you in a goddamn chokehold. But this is ridiculous. It reminds me of when Caesar crossed the Rubicon and the, the Senate of Rome fled. They just left town. Oh, let's go regroup. Let's get the hell out of here. Instead of confronting the the uh, the assault on their republic, they sent Caesar letters. You have to come back and answer for your crimes, for war crimes, for his abuse of power. And he was like, "All right, f you," and took his army into into Rome. And they and the Senate, instead of confronting him, left. They said, "Okay, here you go. Here's here's uh, Rome. We'll be back. Whatever." And there you go. Uh, that was the end. Well, not officially, but there it was the end. It was the beginning of the end of the Republic. So we have to be prayerful when this this con man is not just he's not just stroking the swords of dictators. He is selling out the country to all authoritarians all over the world and embarrassing us. And not, I mean, it's not just embarrassing. If he's double dealing and self dealing with the Ukraine, the, the Ukrainian president, what is he doing with Putin? Uh, Kremlin says disclosure of Trump Putin phone calls would need Russian Russian consent. Now we now we have to ask the Russians, right? We have to beg 
oh, dear Putin, can you please allow us to, then this free democracy, unlike the, not like what you have, where you murder journalists, just like all of Trump's pals, can we, can we hear the, the call with our dear leader, please? Disgusting. It's filthy and disgusting. Where the heck is it? I'm trying to find the button here to play it. Here we go. And we have to give the president his chance to exonerate himself. Really? But he thinks what he did was perfect. So <laughs> we have that, uh, that situation. But I say to my colleague, calmness, quiet, so that we can hear, that we can hear uh, what quiet. said in this regard. Why do we want to be quiet? We should be screaming at the rafters, to the cra to the rafters, to the American effing people uh, that we have a, a crisis. This is a crisis of the Constitution, democracy, and everything that everyone who gave their life for this country fought to entrust to us. Why are you going to be quiet about that? Let's be prayerful. We have a, a giant monster about to smash us. Let's, let, yeah, we, what are we going to do? We're going to pray? That's, you pray when you're, it's the last thing you do. Let's fight. We got to be prayerful. This, these are people that are stuck in their old ways, frankly. And part of the problem, we're in this predicament um, because of politicians who think it's okay that we have limited mo money in politics, as Nancy Pelosi is promising us. Let's have limited um, dark money. Oh, boy. Right. I'm reading Dario. Darius Harris, reality check as to how Prayer genuinely works. Prayer without righteous actions, personal accountability, and responsibility lies dormant. Save all that prayer BS if you're n what they say, not going to get... Oh, I think it got cut off, but I get your point. It's true. What's, why do we got to pray? And that's not the first time. That's the thing. I'm looking all over and just paying attention to, to what Nancy Pelosi says. She's always on about the prayers. Got to be prayerful. And then there was another clip. I should have caught it, but then it was. But it was a couple of years ago when she was saying how I, I when it was during the one of the Trump one of Trump shutdowns, where he uh, she said she opened the meeting. Oh no no no! Was it when it was when Trump? It was during the shutdown when Trump stormed out of the room like a toddler, and. Well, like, like the toddler he is, really. What can you do? A toddler is, does what a toddler is, right? It, how do you... How, a toddler is... You can't expect a toddler to be anything but. So, right? As my father would always say, you can only expect grunts from pigs. So, it's the same thing when I watch Republicans. I, I think of that quote. I think of him saying that. You can only expect a grunt from a pig. Of course, when Ted Cruz is going on and lying and and uh, I look at Fox News and uh, and Sean Hannity and the liars on there festering around and, and and Tucker Carlson and all of those disgusting fascists who history will revile even more than the normal majority of Americans do now. 
then I think of that. How, we can only expect grunts from pigs. What a fascist will will lie. A fascist will divide. That's what they do. They don't like democracy. They want to get rid of it. They're working on it. Give them time. And they're very close to being successful permanently. Thanks to, let's get all prayerful here. Like, thanks to prayerful Nancy Pelosi. Like, as if that's going to, I, I, I don't know what her situation is. If she's really a prayerful person, I have no idea. But as if that's going to convince Republicans, oh, well, Nancy Pelosi is prayerful like me. You know, these rabid Republicans who go to these trump Nuremberg rallies that, and wear shirts that say journalist rope, some assembly required. They, these, are, these are democracy-hating sycophants and, and, and dupes. They're traitors. So, but le- they believe in Jesus, though. They like Jesus, supposedly. Whose only directive? They, their their Jesus is just a gay basher. I don't know. He doesn't. He cares nothing for the poor or or the oppressed. He all he wants is for you to bash a gay. But you know, I guess she's she's trying to appeal to them. I have no idea. Or she's she's a prayerful person. I don't know. I guess it's if I lived in a in a uh in a in the ivory tower. And and was up there drinking cocktails with uh with the with the elite constantly. Maybe I'd be prayerful. I'm too I'm too busy out here trying to work and live. Where the heck is it? Prayerful. We gotta be prayerful. This that this is part of the problem with this country. Oh all this prayer bullshit. Oh, I gotta be prayerful. How about we actually read the constitution and understand that it's not about being prayerful it's about following the law and not uh you know jesus's law who and and maybe if it were hey if it was jesus's law how about visiting somebody in prison how about feeding the hungry clothing the the naked how about welcoming the stranger not building a wall with spikes and alligators and snakes disgusting these people are vile these are the worst human beings on the planet who thinks about putting up a wall who calls himself a a christian Uh, and we know that's a that's another con but these evangelical morons these jesus crucifiers they love it they eat it up disgusting And, and to go out there there jesus told them when, that to that they needed to welcome the stranger. That's a directive right from their so-called savior's mouth. And they're out there voting and cheering on a con man who not only strips people of whatever wealth that they have, he doesn't pay people. He tries to take the pittance that people sub- just survive on, kicking old people out into the streets. This is what he did in New York. The filthy, disgusting con man that he is. Never paid his uh, his debts. Attacking those who couldn't fight back. And then he's proposing putting up a wall with spikes. that With razor-sharp spikes. It has to be the most brutal wall, too. And poisonous snakes and alligators. And if you can't 
why can't you? And if they're coming, migrants are coming. L- let's shoot them in the legs to slow them down. He says, what is this? A zombie apocalypse or something? Like, we'll slow them down. Just shoot them in the legs. Like, uh, like a horde coming in. They keep coming. I keep shooting them in the legs. No, you got to get them in the head. That's a zo- That's the zombie rules. But where do we live that we have such a vile, disgusting pig? And I don't want to offend pigs. All right, I'm looking for... Here's another. Is this the prayer for Here. And this president of the United States is stooping to a level that is beneath the dignity of the Constitution of the United States and our founders, since the chairman mentioned our founders. They put guardrails in the Constitution because they knew there might be someone who would overplay his or her power. They never thought that we would have a president who would kick those guardrails over and disregard the Constitution and say, uh, Article 2 says that I can do whatever I feel like. So this this is sad. We have to be prayerful. We have to be worthy of the Constitution. We have to be fair to the president, and that's why this is a fair and prayerful. That's that's a winning strategy. Outright impeachment, and we have to give the president his chance to exonerate himself. But he thinks what he did was perfect. So we have that uh, that situation. But I say to my colleague, calmness quiet so that we can hear that we can hear uh, what is being said in this regard again <laughs> when on that very day september 17th okay here we go that History. was constitution day a tuesday two tuesdays ago from mm, yesterday how fascinating that was when that explosion hit of what i'm fascinated in that by phone this conversation which the president confirmed to me in our call <laughs> And that day is the day we observe the adoption of our Constitution, September 17th. Right. On that day, way back when, when Benjamin Franklin Ooh. left Independence Hall. I mean, are you are you inspired said, yet? What do we have, Dr. Franklin, a monarchy or a republic? He said a republic if we can keep it. It is our responsibility to keep that republic with the genius of a separation of powers, each two, three co-equal branches of government, each a check and balance on the other. Separation of power. A rep- wow. I, are you inspired to fight? You're feeling that red, white, and blue blood pumping to get this republic, to save it from the dangerous con man who is squatting in the White House despite receiving fewer votes, who is wiping his ass with the Constitution, who is making a mockery of our institutions and using the mechanisms of government to hide his crimes? Do you feel inspired? If we can keep it, that's our responsibility. That's the oath of office that we take. And that is what is the ba- one of the reasons why we just have to look at the facts oh my God. and the Constitution. Any other objections people may have to the president? This is, well, this is a good dig, but whatever. Here it comes. The facts and the Constitution. Okay. But nobody is, it doesn't stir anything. People, the fact that she, and as I was saying, the fact that she, she, it took her so long to get on board. 
to do anything about the crimes that Twitler was committing from the day he squatted in the White House, despite receiving fewer votes. We got to always say that they that it makes that every that makes everybody's um, call for impeachment before that to be uh, nothing but a political uh, to have a political agenda. It's not about being political or not liking the outcome of the election of someone who is the most powerful person on earth who didn't receive the most votes, but whatever. These are things you think now, if the shoe was on the other foot, if we had two horrible democratic presidents in, uh, in my lifetime that, that squatted in the white house, that lied us into war despite receiving fewer votes do you think that the Republicans would ever stop talking about that? And uh, the Democrats just don't seem to want to fight. They, they don't know how to, to fight. It's constant, strongly worded letters, emails to a gun battle, constantly. Let's, but here's Nancy Pelosi digging at Trump, which I thought was pretty good, but whatever. And the Constitution. Any other objections people may have to the president have no place in this discussion in terms of, is he too cowardly to protect children from gun violence? Is he too cruel to yes. protect dreamers? Is he too in denial yes. to understand climate change? The list goes yes. on. Save that <laughs> for the election. For the this election? No. The facts relating to the Constitution, and that is how— Faithfully executing the laws. You could make a case— I mean, one of the things that Scalia was infamous for uh, on the Supreme Court was fixing the facts around the policy. They, if you have uh, the, if you you have the right, you have goodness, decency, morality, and you want to protect this country, you 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 can go after Trump for all of his crimes, including. I mean, maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm not a constitutional scholar, but his attacking the press, his they, he could at least be censured for this. There needs to be constant, uh, you know, people standing up, the co-equal branches saying this is not okay, and getting publicity for it. Enough is enough, and telling these idiots, no, that we are a a republic, a republic if you can keep it. Why did the founders enshrine the press, a free press, in the Constitution? That has to be protected. And we have an executive who is stroking the swords of dictators, calling the press the enemy of the people? That's the, if it's not an impeachable act, it should be one that's, uh, that's uh, censure, censurable. Is that a word? You know, something that you can censure this asshole for, that idiot for. I don't know. Well, you have to fight. You have to be like a like a rabid dog. You want to protect this thing? Then act like it. It's not a casual affair. And oh, because she mentions the soldiers and who protected us and all this. Well, you know what? A lot of soldiers died. Act like they're that's your son or daughter who whose life was lost for this so-called democratic republic and fight like hell. With dignity, with respect, prayerfully, and again, <laughs> worthy of the sacrifice of our founders. Oh, here we go. The sacrifice of our men and women in uniform who fight for our freedom and the aspirations of our children so they'll live under future presidents 
who will honor the Constitution of the United States. Thank you all very really? much. Really? Okay. The sacrifices of our soldiers, our men and women who fight for our freedom. Okay, that's another story, which we know is bullshit, but freedom. They, they fight for the freedom for corporate aggression. The the next wars, whatever war of corporate aggression, they're not fighting for freedom. No, uh, we we're not in the Middle East for freedom. We're in there for to make the world safe for corporate raiders, as Smedley Butler said in his classic book, "War Is a Racket." He made, in his day, he made the world safe for Standard Oil. He was a high class muscle man for big business. If people don't know that that book, most people do. Many people do. Not all people, I suppose. But General Smedley Butler was a decorated Marine. I'm not sure. I think he was the most decorated Marine. Uh, he won the Medal of Honor. He was a very well-known and well uh, well-loved general. And went he he lied about his age, and because well, he wanted to go into the army or into the Marines, and he went in there when he was underage because he had he was that's how passionate he was about being a soldier, and he or Marine you don't call Marines soldiers but, and he got a he he came to he came to his senses, and wrote after he got out of the out of uh, i guess the marines he became a a well-known anti-war speaker his his portrait still hangs in paris island because he is still the most decorated marine but he he wrote the book war is a racket about his experiences in the war and he understands he uh, he came to understand that he was being used and how his some of the famous quotes are it's a very small book it's almost like a pamphlet but how he was used as nothing but high like uh like a an enforcer in in a in a crime family a high class muscle man for big business how let me see if i can find some quotes now that i'm talking about it it's really an amazing book that everyone should read, including soldiers. It should be, uh, if well, this were an honest democratic Republic, that, uh, that book, Smedley Butler's War is a Racket would be required reading in basic training, frankly, it really would be. And there's nothing, it's not, um, anti American. In fact, I believe, and I true, I truly believe that if you really love the troops and support the troops, you do not send them to lie. I mean, to die in in a war based on lies. You don't send them as high class muscle men and women for big business. You protect their lives by keeping them out of harm's way. The thing about it, having a democracy and a with with three co-equal branches uh, that that the the power of declaring war is not in the executive branch it's in the congress because it's supposed to be close to the people and the congress is supposed to be slow to go to war 
not like in the bad old days where we were under the thumb of the intergenerational aristocracies and they were they wanted to prove themselves they needed to show themselves on the on the field of battle and so we were just used human and i mean us because we i i mean we because you know if you're uh, as a human being chances are you're in the huddled masses you're not uh, up there in the halls of power with the plantagenets or something you're in the field fighting for king and country whether you like it or not but they would you know it's like they do now uh, you want a war uh, uh George W. Bush wanted his war so he could privatize Social Security. He was going to use his political capital. One of the ways of getting political capital, he wrote in his book, was to have a war. So there you go. Because people are stupid, I suppose. And I, I mean, right-wingers are the dumbest of all. They fall for it all the time. They fall for the same crap over and over and over for centuries. Here's a quote from Smedley Butler. I spent 33 years and four months in, ac in active military service, and during that period I spent most of my time as a high-class muscle man for big business, for Wall Street and the banksters. Well, I say banksters. He said bankers. In short, I was a racketeer, a gangster for capitalism. I helped make Mexico and especially Tampico safe for American oil interests in 1914. I helped make Haiti and Cuba a decent place for the National City Bank boys to collect revenues in. I helped in the raping of half a dozen Central American republics for the benefit of Wall Street. Does that sound like making the world safe for democracy? I mean, that's just my aside, my editorial comment there. Back to Smedley. I helped purify Nicaragua, Nicaragua, well, I'm sorry, I can't talk, Nicaragua for the International Banking House of Brown Brothers in 1902 to 1912. I brought light to the Dominican Republic for the American sugar interests in 1916. I helped make Honduras right for the American fruit companies in 1903. In China, in 1927, I helped see to I helped see to it that Standard Oil went on its way unmolested. Looking back on it, I might have given Al Capone a few hints. The best he could do was operate his racket in three districts. I operated in three continents. I mean, it's and what would they do to Smedley Butler today? They call him. Uh, you know what what. What Twitler would do to him? Hey, uh, he's a traitor. He's a spy. He's uh, he hates this country, right? If you stand up against corruption and for democracy, you're you're you hate this country, right? It's en enough, D Nancy and and all these DLC Democrats. They really get me irritated. Okay, and we know that because. We're on the right side of history. We're on the side of decency and democracy. And we're fighting for the dignity and, and for the lives of people yet to come. But what about the, for the honor and the memory of those who already gave their life for this thing? That's what's so offensive. Some people never got to live because they, were, they fought for this country. They never got to have a bad day. You know, I think about that when I'm having a bad day. 
and I'm feeling sorry for myself or feeling blue or whatever. And I think there are many people, there are millions of Americans who gave their life and they never had the luxury of having a bad day. They wish they could have a bad day. But they're already, their days are done. They gave their life for this thing. And what are we doing about it? What am I doing about it? And what are we allowing them to get away with? It's, it's an insult and to use their memories, too. That's what's so vile. When Twitler said, I love the military, as he's stealing money from military families, it's disgusting. Using the military like human shield, just like they have their black friends, they put their black friends out front when they're when they have when they're uh, have something racist to say, which is every other sentence. Oh yeah, let the here's the black friend to say it. It's the same thing. They'll have some whatever. Now we hear with uh, with Mike Pompeo. He's he's graduated at the top of his class in West Point. So what? So effing what? Does that mean that he can't be a treasonous traitor? For Christ's sakes. It's the same, I mean, treasonous traitor, I repeat myself, but... Just because you graduated at the top of your class, you should he should know better then, which makes it even more offensive and disgusting, which is really why we should be... Not just an inquiry, we and limited, limited in scope and time. That it's all of the crimes need to come to the table. They need to be out in the front. And uh, whatever the Republicans do, I don't understand this whole. We got to get it done by Christmas or whatever by Thanksgiving. Uh, this is what they're saying. I don't know. It has to be fast. We got to be prayerful, quiet, fast, and limited. Why? Well, the, it never stops. The crimes aren't stopping. Let's see what let's see what else is in that server. Release your transcript of the Saudi Ara uh, Arabia. Not not just the transcript. Let's hear the call of you on the phone with Mohammed bin Bonsar after he murdered a journalist, a member of a profession that is enshrined in the Constitution. I don't get it. Why? That's not impeachable. Why is it imp not impeachable? Or at least censurable to have a a a so-called president attacking the uh the pillars of democracy you know and then to come out there and say a republic if you can keep it wonderful wonderful well why is it okay why are you letting him get away with this uh, the attack on the free press then why are you letting him get away with it we got to be prayerful. No, I don't think we should impeach him. We need to, uh, he's not worth it. Really? Well, is it worth it? Are all those men and women who died for this thing, are they worth it? I don't know. And then when he was at with that press conference, when that reporter asked Twitler, I, I wish I had grabbed it now, I, now that I'm talking about it, the, the clip where he's, he asked Twitler, what exactly were you asking the, the president of Ukraine to do for you? A, a perfectly legitimate question. And Twitler was like, you talking to me? 
you talking to me? Because like, he no, he what? He doesn't have an answer, and he's being he's being a bully, an indignant slob, attacking this reporter, and the reporter has to stand there, taking the this uh, case of red ass from this gigantic orange buffoon, this fascist, this this indig this this I don't know. I'm trying to think of the many words. I can't think. I it's uh, there. He he. He deserves zero respect, and the and this reporter has to stand there. Are you trying to be rude? Ask a question to that we have the the what was it? Who was it? New Zealand? No, no, it was uh, Finland. The Finland, the Finland, the president of Finland standing there. Ask him a question. Are you trying to be rude? He says this big giant buffoon. This orange idiot. Are you trying? No, sir. I'm not trying to be rude. I'm dead. And he has to, and the reporter has to stand there and be polite and be, re- and, and be subservient to this rapaciously greedy, un- unfathomably unfit fascist. Am I saying those words right? <laughs> unfathomably? I can't even talk. You know I like making up words. That's part of the fun of Tara Buster. And, oh my god, I'm looking at the super chat. I'm like about to fall out of my chair. Jim, haiku, thank you. Jim again? Are you kidding me? What? George? Oh my god. You guys, you're making me... And what? Is there another one down here? It's hard to see. Another Jim? Jim! Guys, if you want, it's up to you. Send me an email at contact at republicandirtytricks.com and I can send you some, uh, what do you call it? Window clings. Keep calm and join the resistance. Window clings. A little thank you gift. Send me an email with your addresses. You can have as many as you want. That's all I can say. It's you made my week. You really did. I knew this show was going to be was going to help my my spirit, help my give me a boost. Thank you. It makes me see. Thank you. I mean, I'm almost like I feel like I'm going to choke up, but thank you. Uh I'm not going to uh I'm going to try not to cry on air. So, uh we're going to do a break right now. I'm so bad because I haven't I know I've been, I need to get Rhonda Handsome on the show, and I've, I've been in, in so, in such a bad mood. I haven't, I haven't solidified the date with her yet. I gotta, I need to reach out to her this week. I keep saying, Rhonda Handsome's coming on. She said, and it's been, she's had a few weddings to go to and things to do and whatnot, but she's, she definitely wants to come on. And, I want her to come on the show too. Last week when Poppy Champlin was back and she came on the show, it was was it was so nice to hear Poppy again, and I'm glad she's back from the tour. It does make me feel better because we're we're in this together. That's the way we were made as human beings. We we are connected. That's why the worst torture you can give somebody is you put them in solitary confinement. It makes you go nuts. Babies die if they're not held. That's why we're in this together. 
where that it is and that's why we're going to win cuz it is what we are advocating for what we're fighting for is fundamental human decency it is the right of every human being and we know it in our hearts and souls and that's why twitler and the republicans and the conservatives and the and the fascists and the fake ass christian folk gay bashers not faux gay bashers but fake christians who only use gay bashing as a holy obligation or something that's why they have to lie constantly they they need to keep people stupid and confused and speaking of that i want to talk about that what happened at aoc's town hall but i'm going to make a i'm going to make a break make a break for it to get some more coffee my name is Tara Devlin. I'll see you on the other side of the break, okay? I'm Rick Smith, and this is Labor History in Two. On this day in labor history, the year was 1886. That was the day Henry George accepted the nomination to run for mayor of New York on the United Labor Party ticket. In cities across the country, trade unionists met to found state labor parties and to hammer out political platforms for local and state elections. In New York City, ULP advocates issued the Clarendon Hall platform and nominated Henry George as the ULP candidate for the mayoral race. George had gained prominence with the 1879 publishing of his book, Progress and Poverty. In it, he addressed private land ownership as the basis for inequality and advocated for a single tax system. At New York's Cooper Union that evening, where thousands of supporters gathered, George addressed the crowd. He presented the ULP platform of higher wages, shorter hours, better working conditions, government ownership of railroads and communications, and the end to police repression. Burroughs and Wallace described the scene that night in their book, Gotham, A History of New York City, to 1898. During his speech, George declared, quote, This government of New York City, our whole political system is rotten to the core. He argued that politicians had made a trade out of assembling votes and selling them to powerful interests. What business got in return was police protection, lax enforcement of housing and health codes, friendly judges, and fat franchises. To purify the political order, working class voters had to sever ties to all the established parties and choose from their own ranks. For a party that had just been founded weeks before, George came in second. But like its sister organization in Chicago, the New York ULP would split over issues of socialism within a year. Labor History in Two brought to you by the Illinois Labor History Society and The Rick Smith Show. Hi, True Seekers. It's Kathy Malloy. Join us weeknights at 9 p.m. in the East, 6 p.m. in the West, only on the Progressive Voices Network. If you haven't heard the Mike Malloy Show lately, this is what you've been missing. This is from CBS News. President Trump said in a tweet that if he is removed from office, a civil war might erupt in the United States. Mr. Trump was quoting Pastor Robert Jeffress, a Fox News contributor who suggested, Jeffress did, that impeaching this criminal would lead to civil war. Trump's tweet about civil war went viral. And by today, civil war, hashtag civil war two was trending on Twitter, as was hashtag civil war sign up. 
Some made fun of the potential of another civil war. I wouldn't. Democratic Representative Ted Lieu tweeted, quote, I agree with Republican Representative Adam Kinzinger that Trump's tweet about a civil war over impeachment is beyond repugnant, end quote. Many Twitter users pointed out that inciting civil war could encourage violence. That's what Trump and so many of those scummy, filthy people just swirl around the drain at Fox Sewer and never quite go down. Rush Limbaugh is another one who has been advocating violence, Limbaugh, for 35 years. Hannity picked up on the same thing. Trump hinting that violence would result if Congress lawfully impeaches and convicts him is consistent with Rudy Giuliani's tweeting earlier that domestic tranquility will not be maintained if the Democrats move forward with impeachment. Trump tweeted, and he attributed the quote to Jeffress, quote, if the Democrats are successful in removing the president from office, parenthetically, which they will never be, close parentheses, it will cause a civil war like fracture in this nation from which our country will never heal. This is from a racist, pig, filthy, Christ-killing piece of human waste who calls himself a pastor, Robert Jeffress in Texas. This mega pastor predicting, in other words, egging on a civil war. Jeffress said that on Fox and Friends. Trump's repetition of the quote has gotten widespread backlash, including from his own party. Rep Republican Representative Adam Kinzinger tweeted, quote, I have visited nations ravaged by civil war. Donald Trump, I have never imagined such a quote to be repeated by a president of the United States. This is beyond repugnant. End quote. See what I mean about the cracks? And, and Trump is going to be his chief prosecutor. He is. Every time he opens his mouth, Rudy Giuliani flies out. Kinzinger, the one who, Adam Kinzinger, the Republican, is a veteran, serves on the House Foreign Affairs Committee. He often criticizes Trump on Twitter. He is one of the only Republicans who publicly criticized Trump's call with the uh, Ukrainian president, that poor little mouse who sat there with Trump all puffed up, like the Cheshire cat, right? And the poor little president of Ukraine sitting over there, squeak, 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 squeak. That means no pressure. Squeak. Squeak, squeak, squeak. The Mike Malloy Show, 9 p.m. in the East, 6 p.m. in the West, only on the Progressive Voices Network. Can't listen live? Visit MikeMalloy.com to subscribe to our commercial-free podcast so you can take Mike with you wherever you go and listen whenever you need a dose of screaming in your day. Keep it lit. I'm Rick Smith. And this is Labor History in Two. On this day in labor history, the year was 1899. That was the day union miners in Mount Olive, Illinois, began commemorating Miners Day. Every year, thousands came into town for a parade, music, and speeches. Mount Olive was the site of the only union-owned cemetery in the United States, established by UMWA Local 728 in the aftermath of the Verdin Massacre. A year before to the day, striking miners had been killed in a shootout with company goons attempting to herd scabs into the mines in Verdin, Illinois. But as 
Mother Jones biographer Elliot Gorn notes, the train never unloaded its cargo and the company was forced to settle. The union hoped to erect a gravesite monument commemorating those miners who had been killed at Verdun, but they were refused by those who considered the fallen miners to be murderers and not martyrs. That's when the United Mine Workers established the Union Miners Cemetery. And on this day, 10,000 turned out for the union's memorial ceremony. The United Mine Workers unveiled a monument dedicated to the fallen Verdun miners, E.W. Smith, Joe Gitterly, Ernest Kramer, and E.F. Long. The day was filled with parades, music, laying of wreaths, and speeches. Haymarket widow and radical activist Lucy Parsons was among the speakers. In his book, Death and Dying in the Working Class, Michael Rosnow notes that her presence drew a direct connection between the fallen miners and the Haymarket martyrs, cut down while advancing the cause of labor. Thousands traveled to Mount Olive every year for celebrations, including Eugene V. Debs, miners leader John Mitchell, and Mother Joan. In 1923, Mother Jones asked to be buried with her boys, noting they are responsible for Illinois being the best organized labor state in America. Labor History in Two brought to you by the Illinois Labor History Society and the Rick Smith Show. My name is Tara Devlin, everybody. Thank you for hanging out every Saturday evening from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern at the RDT Daily Facebook and YouTube channels. I want to thank the patrons that support this show. On top of all of those who come every week, I want to thank the patrons. I do encourage people to become patrons because it will help. Eventually, it'll help do the a a weekly show so not weekly what am i talking about daily daily show not weekly and i mean we got a long way to go but every journey begins with one step the patrons help and obviously the super chat helps a lot too so thank you and anything else the merchandising that helps that and everything that keeps us going because when you're not it's not just the show that you're supporting you're supporting rdt daily the writers at rdt daily i want to because we got a, a new patron i wanted to thank we have lord waffle cat i love that name <laughs> and steve steve king well steve k and mary welcome to the family and glenn karen thank you Let's just start from the, this is alphabetical order. Anthony, Cynthia, Damask, Katz. Sorry if I'm pronouncing it wrong. Daniel, Deborah, Dwayne, Gail, George, Hi-Fi Guy, who's also on the Super Chat. Thank you. Haiku, Super Chat as well. James, Jane, Jim, Joan, Joey. If you know who you are, Joey. Joey B. John, Kathleen, Katie, Kay, Lord Waffle Cat, thank you, Mark, Martin, Mary, Michael, and then we have Michael L.B., Michael L.D., Pierre Paradou, I think. Maybe you can help me out there. Peter, Randall, 
Sam, Stephen, I just mentioned your name, Stephen K, Susan S, Teresa S, Tony S. Thank you, guys. So, one of the things that happened this week, it got some press. AOC is my congresswoman. So, she had a town hall in her district in Queens, where I live. I I didn't know. I got to get on her list or something. And, of course, there was an incident because she is the most dangerous well one of the one of the most dangerous congress people according to the fascists because they understand that that history is upon them right they know that they're they are fighting father time and they're losing they are literally dying out these republican dinosaurs that should be their animal totem not an elephant a dinosaur Young people have a very, they have a realistic view of what the Republicans are, unless they're morons or evil fascists, white supremacists, gun-toting freaks, or tiki-torched Nazis who, who want to march around saying Jews will not replace us. The losers of society, the incels, that's their base. That's the Republican base. So uh, AOC is is smart. She is the American dream. The squad, they personify the American dream, especially Ilan Omar, who is a naturalized U.S. citizen who came to this country and decided to serve this country. That's the story of America. Whereas, of course, the Republicans say, oh, you don't like this country. You don't like it, leave it. They don't like, yeah, because you're not supposed to criticize when you're living in a fascist dictatorship. You're not supposed to criticize the dim leader, the dumb Fuhrer, but in a constitutionally limited democratic republic, representing the people in your community, that should be something that we should all embrace with pride, but not Republicans. Obviously, it's the Republicans who don't like this country because they're constantly trying to roll back progress. They want to roll us back right past the revolution, right to the dark ages. They don't like this country. Oh, you don't like it? Leave it. I really wish they would leave it. When I was thinking about what do I call this show today, so I like to give labels or, or names to the shows instead of just a number so people can kind of get an idea of what we're talking about. But honestly, what was on my mind was please secede, right-wingers. When we finally start having this conversation... It's time that we, let's just break up. Finally, go your own way, Republicans. You don't like this country. We'll give you Tennessee. That's fine. You can have Kansas. Get out of our decent, civilized country of by and for the people. You don't like it. You never did. That's why you hate democracy. You're constantly gerrymandering and rigging and, and trying to maintain power despite receiving fewer votes. They don't like it. They don't like anything about this country. The fact that it's a, na a, a nation of immigrants, they hate. They want to redefine it. They want to stop people from coming here. Everything that this Twitler ass is doing by executive order, by kingly decree that they criticized Obama for the constant railing and whining 
that we had to endure when Obama was president because he started using executive orders because he was fighting the Republicans in their caucus room conspiracy where they conspired on the night of his inauguration to not do a goddamn thing while he was president, to obstruct and block and prevent him from doing, to having, for having any victory, not even victories, passing any legislation or signing any legislation. And let's remember, when Obama became president, popularly elected in a landslide election, he was handed a mess. That's what Republicans do. They come in, they screw everything up, and then we have to come in. The normal people have to come in and clean up their mess constantly. How many times in, in the last hundred years has that happened? Again and again. The Republicans almost gave us another Republican Great Depression. Their laissez-faire, kiss-up, kick-down, trickle-down economy crashed twice in a hundred years. It's not success. That's failure. So Obama wasn't handed what Trump was handed, what Twitler was handed, excuse me. Twitler was handed in the comedy on, on the rise. Oops, sorry. I'm hitting the microphone. He was handed an economy that was rescued from the second Re Republican Great Depression in 100 years. In spite of what he says, that's another lie that Twitler likes to promote. Oh, it was a, it was a disaster. It was a mess. No, it wasn't. If you look at the charts, the trajectory on the way up, everything's up, pointing up, and then Twitler becomes president, and then, of course, it starts leveling out. Because what he does is what Republicans always do. They steal and grift and funnel more money into the pockets of people who don't spend it in a hundred lifetimes. They put another zero on someone's bank account, and it sits there so they can buy politicians and corrupt government. It doesn't go back into the economy. I'm looking at this. The mic is Republican? Yes, it is. Because I'm hitting it constantly by accident. I just accidentally hit it. But anyway, so, so my point of that is that Republicans don't care what happens to the people. They don't care that people were suffering, that people lost their jobs. They were losing their homes. We were in a recession. Almost the second Republican Great Depression in 100 years. So it's not like uh, they cared that they could help anybody. No, their agenda, their game was to inflict more pain on the American people so they would blame Obama. That's how disgusting these freaks are. That's, they don't care about having a functioning government, much less a people that, uh, you know, can go about their business unmolested by the Republican greed. No, they wanted to make the people suffer and hurt and lose their homes. So they'd get mad at the president. They don't care who they kill. Who cares? They're sitting in their ivory towers. They're coming, they're conspiring. They're coming up, you know, they're, they're duck hunting with Dick Cheney. What do they care? If you're cutting your insulin in half or you're lose, you lost your job and then you lost your health care and now you can't get your chemo. What do they care? You're just a pawn in their game. And that, if you don't know that by now, if you're a Republican passing through if, uh, you're, and you vote for these morons, you get what you deserve. What makes me upset is that it's not just you that have to feel the sting of the lash of Republican policies. You got to bring decent people with you. You got to drag us all down with you. 
normal, nice, decent human beings have to feel the sting of the lash as well. If it was only you that that had to had to face the consequences, unfortunately, no. Republicans never face their own consequences. You know, you're the ones who are crying, oh, I want my pre-existing conditions protections after we had to endure your tantrums for years, even after they passed Obamacare. You're continuing tantrums about get your government hands off my Medicare at these town halls yelling and screaming at people that didn't want you to die in the streets that committed the crime of trying to make this country join the rest of the world and have health care as a right of citizenship, not a privilege of wealth. But you couldn't handle that because you don't like brown people. That's really the, the bottom line. We, you didn't want to share with brown people. Oh, it's socialism. But now that you see, that's what I hate about Republicans, besides everything else, is that now that they they like their pre-existing conditions protections, we all got to endure the Republicans. No Republican will ever mess with your pre-existing conditions protection as they're in court right now trying to repeal your pre-existing conditions protections. You stupid dupes. Get out of this country. Secede already, please. Thank you very much, because we're, I'm tired of these albatrosses hanging around our necks. As you talk about a millstone around somebody's neck. They are the millstone around this democratic republic. Think about it. You secede. We're happier. I'm happier. You're happier. You have your Twitler. You have your no health care. You can have your pre-existing conditions protections, I hope, maybe. They'll figure out a way to give them to you. You can have your Jesus as much as you want. You don't have to have government health care. You can have Jesus all you want. That'll be your government health care. You can have your Mitch McConnell. You can have your no abortions. You can have whatever the hell you want. Abstinence-only education. You can have your backwards-ass crap hole with what looks so similarly like the backwards ass crap holes that you that you are so afraid of that are run by Muslims, but yours will be a little bit more Jesusy. That's all. But I mean, what are you bringing to the table? What are these right wingers, these red states, bringing to the table? Ever do they ever have anything to offer us besides telling us we can't have a marriage contract of somebody with the same peepees? What is wrong with them? We're always bringing them into civilization. We're giving them civilization. We're offering them. Uh, they, but then they're, they whine like children. Ba like, you know what they remind me of? Like, they remind me of teenagers, actually. Uh, well, pro post, pre what is it? Uh, they're, they're pre, not prepubescent, post, -pu they're just the, uh, in puberty or something. But uh, they're, they're bratty teenagers who who have their friends over and whine about mommy and daddy. Oh, you treated me. Uh, I could do it myself and slam in the doors, but yet they called mommy and daddy at the first sign of trouble. Oh, daddy, mommy. That's who they are. They're walking around with bluster, but they 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 still living under daddy and mommy's roof. That's what they're like, but they're not even, they're not, they're not appreciative. They're just brats. 
They're assholes. They're douchebags. And then mommy comes out and, hey, you want some sandwiches, kids? Get out of here, ma. Making fun of mommy or, oh, love, ma. Trying to act tough in front of your friends. But as soon as something happens, you need mommy and daddy, right? That's what they remind me of. The immaturity of it. Because we, in the, in the normal, uh, the normal, I was going to say normal states. It's not normal. There are normal people in these red states, but I don't know. Where I, my tax dollars, I pay for Tennessee. I pay for Kansas. We, whatever, in the blue states, we put in more money than we get back. And it's the exact opposite in these red states. We're constantly propping them up. But they never have thank you. They don't have the manners or the maturity to say thanks. Just say thanks once. Instead, they go around Massachusetts liberals, New York values. Yeah. Well, New York values are way, way over their heads. You know, the values where you run into a building to save your fellow human being instead of running away like a coward, like Twitler. Like, oh, I got bone spurs. Sorry. That's a New York value, like living in community, diversity, culture, not being a dick. What would they know about New York values? It's way over their heads. Massachusetts liberals, California liberals, they all, all of these, these, uh, the, the disparaging language that they use to attack blue states, they're talking about, oh, we're so divided. Well, finally, let's divide. Because I'm sick of them. You don't have Democrats going around saying, oh, the Tennessee b- values or, uh, you know, the, 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 I mean, I'll say that, but the Democratic politicians don't say that. We, and not just politicians. They, their actual president will say that. Like, like uh, George Bush on the campaign trail. He was the effing president going around talking about Massachusetts liberals. How are you the president of the United States when you're disparaging the uh, 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 one of the states? But that's because Republicans are incapable of functioning in a free democratic society. They can only pretend to love it. So go away. So get out. If it's so, so goddamn oppressive for you, to live in a society where people that may not have the same pigment as you or there's a social safety net that you all get to share, even if you have uh, the same pigment or different pigment, that might, that might upset you or, uh, you know, I mean, just get out. Or you don't like, um, you know, th- that women have control over their bodies can go away. You don't want people to understand about birth control. You don't want to have regulations. Then you don't have to have regulations. When you drink your water, it doesn't have to be regulated. Just drink up and pray. Pray that there's no, there's nothing in there that's going to kill you. Pray, right? We, but here in civilization, we like to have regulations because we understand that there are some people like who get into positions of power that think about nothing but their own selves greedy little little selfish pricks like twitler who who wouldn't care you know like when he was harassing the tenants 
in his building because he wanted to get them out of the building. These rent controlled tenants, like a, like a woman who in her seventies on social security. And he's had his thugs break the lights in the hall so she couldn't see. And maybe maybe something would happen. Maybe she would fall and break her hip and die. Good, good luck for Twitler. She, he can rent that apartment for triple or th- quadruple. So, you know, that's all that matters. So, you know, I mean, I'm thinking enough with the fighting that we're all so divided. Nobody, they, nobody wants to take my advice because my advice is you, you don't want to be divided. Then stop dividing us. And that, it's not just the Massachusetts liberals. They, Republicans don't even seem, and neither do Democrats. Because honestly, if Democrats had had a spine, they would talk about that. They would bring that to the table. Why are Republicans disparaging different states in this union? Massachusetts liberals. California liberals, Cal- I mean, it's like, go, uh, New York value, disparaging the people in this country, uh, then, uh, you know, why don't the, the Democrats need to talk about that? But of course they don't. And I don't know. Nobody ever seems to put that together. But on top of it, why don't, um, you know, they stop dividing us by making us, by putting us into different tiers as the gap between rich and poor gets wider and wider and wider. You know, everybody in, nobody out. That is the only American value we need to sell. And it doesn't have to be sold. If you're not a patriot, then that's going to be way over your head. Everybody can understand we're in this together. Everybody in, nobody out. But, you know, like Social Security... Yeah, when we have we have universal health care, let's it's universal. Boom, everybody in, nobody out. Enough of these tiers and subsidies, and uh, uh, it's 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 beyond stupid. That all it does is create, and it's not just anxiety, it creates resentment between people in different uh, brackets. So if you have, if you're a little bit over whatever the 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 cutoff is you don't get any subsidies but then those who are uh, you know whatever the 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 salary is i don't know what it is it's uh you know you get a subsidy so then you have those who are slightly higher on the ladder resenting those a little bit lower and into that the into that um anxiety and that um what's the word i'm trying to think but into that it's not anxiety but the the they creates not anxiety but like um you know anger between but that's uh that's a simple word that describes it but it creates and i'll just say anger until i think of the other word but between uh, between americans it divides americans but and into that anger steps a twitler and he can exploit it and that's how they broke this country by dividing it up like that with a little subsidy here a subsidy there uh, a band-aid on a broken uh bone here a band-aid on a bleeding artery there that's how we divide it and conquer and it ha- and it took not just the republicans the republicans are they are uh, unapologetically anti-American, you know, as much as they hug the flag and rape the flag, but 
it's not antipathy. Uh, it's like, it's not anxiety. It's because someone on the uh, hi-fi guy on the, yeah, resentment. Resentment, that's the word. Exactly, resentment. It creates resentment between Americans. Somebody will say, oh, they get everything. I get nothing. No, that's why FDR was so genius. Everybody in, nobody out. It belongs to everybody. For as much as the Republicans have tried over the generations, and they will never stop, they have not been successful at, at chopping up Social Security. So, because it belongs to all of us. And the Democrats, continue, they need to... They need to educate the American people about that, too. And it's also the when we present the our ideas as patriotic imperatives, it, it's, it becomes a foregone conclusion that it's going to happen. If you are not patriotic, what, how, do you, how do you leave people behind? We don't leave anyone behind in this country, and that's how you present it. And even even conservatives who aren't fascists, who aren't so far gone, can understand that. And they know it. That, that's the thing that really gets on my nerves about conservatives and on top of everything else is, is that they are, and I, I spoke about this before, they are like Goldilocks uh, the, the and the three bears, right? Every uh, government is just right. The size of government is just right, only in ways that it serves them. It's just big enough. And if it goes outside of their own boundaries of how it they they perceive it serves them, then it's too big. It, this they are the center of the universe selfishness is it's really epidemic in the in right in the right wing land but they only seem to see the light when something affects them directly supposedly but that's why they're not as evolved as normal human beings there's normal americans who are capable of functioning in a free democratic society because normal people have empathy the, there is a reason we have this that that ability to feel for other other creatures so we're because we're in it together because we're interconnected we should be able to put ourselves into the shoes of others to say oh that's that's not a comfortable and nice feeling i would hate for that to happen to me i i don't want anybody to feel that way so therefore i understand you know, just because it doesn't affect me directly doesn't mean, oh, oh, you know, I can't support it. But according to Republicans, that's really the the name of the game. They're constantly, they have to present something, oh, as a, as someone with diabetes. Oh, like, like for instance, um, Joe Scarborough was talking about, he was, you know, as you know, I watch Morning Joe in the morning and ugh, it gets on my nerves, but... He he was going on about um I, they were talking about healthcare and he's saying oh uh somebody with diabetes Bernie or somebody was maybe it wasn't Bernie but somebody was taking people to Canada to buy 
insulin and why is it so expensive in the United States? And really, why? Why? Because greed. Because we have a for-profit health insurance and for-profit racket that controls drug prices and other things like George W. Bush made it impossible for Medicaid to to negotiate drug prices because it's all about the money for the the corporate elite and when you have legal bribes built right into the system of course that's who they're serving they're not serving the people they're not serving people with diabetes they don't give a shit get on a bus and go to canada you know whatever drop dead if you drop dead then uh you know whatever you meet jesus let us know. Wave back to us on, while you're on the cloud, flying up to to heaven, and say, "Hey, uh, you know, just give us a wink." Uh, uh, <laughs> anyway, I'm just looking at a Lee Lee from New York City. I just saw this email that he sent in. I don't. I can't look at everything at the same time. So sometimes I see things after the fact. And he wrote, you are not a Bernie bro. I think of you as a Bernie buster. That's a good one. Thank you. <laughs> you know, Tara buster, Bernie buster. Yes. This is a Bernie buster. Yes. That was Bernie, right, George, who took them to, took people to, to Canada to buy insulin. But anyway, but, but Joe Scarborough was going on. Why is it so expensive here? It's outrageous. This is really something that means a lot to me because my son has diabetes. Of course. Because, thank goodness. Too bad Joe Scarborough's son didn't, whatever, uh, didn't, is, isn't uh, able to get health care or something. I don't know, in general. Because then he would advocate for universal health care. It only, it only matters if it affects Joe Scarborough and his family. As my son, of course, because I was kind of surprised to hear him go on about how abhorrent it was that people are cutting their insulin in half and dying. But then when he said, my son has diabetes, well, then I understood. Because that's how a Republican gets away with behaving almost human to other Republicans. They have to excuse it somehow. It's like, you know what, um... I am also, I, and my son has diabetes, so I, I'm sorry, guys. I, I can't really be a greed-centered, rapacious ghoul on this. Uh, can you ever forgive me? It's true. They're looking for, because that's, they're looking for a, a loophole. They want to, they don't want to offend the, the cult, but they, they have to let them know, look, I'm really, I'm for you. I hate when everybody gets health care normally, but in this tiny little slice of the issue, I have to say that people should have diabetes medicine. Not all medicine. I'm not I'm not a socialist or anything. I'm not nuts. I'm not a I don't I'm not for the general welfare. Forget about that. I'm only for things that affect me directly. Oh, okay. And then they'll be like, oh, all right. We'll have to excuse him. We'll let him, uh, we'll be okay. It's sort of like when whoever, some, some, one of these Republicans saw, it's not, it's, it wasn't Dick Cheney. They were talking about how, oh, my son is gay and that's why I'm for marriage equality. It was, it, you always have to have a, a, an excuse somehow. It's, 
to excuse them for being normal. If they a- ever do something normal, they need to they need to ask for forgiveness from the rest of the cult. So, but anyway, in this bit, what what I was talking about, how I brought it up, all of this, whatever. This is the Tower Buster, after all. We do, we go on surprising twists and turns sometimes, and it's like a tangent in a way. Anyway, the th- when I saw that AOC had this town hall and and a woman got up and started to rail about babies. We got to eat babies. And of course the Donald Trump Jr and the right wing, they they jumped on it. Oh, look, this is an example of how 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 the right how the radical left are are nuts about climate change as if you take one mentally ill person and uh she's indicative or he's indicative of the entire human race but that's republicans for you the argue by anecdote but the fact is it wasn't she wasn't mentally ill it was she was putting on a show it was a stunt a very stupid one the trump banzi stunt so let me just play the clip so you know what i'm talking about I think your next uh, campaign slogan has to be this. We got to start eating babies. We don't have enough time. There's too much CO2. All of you, you're, you, you know, you're a pollutant. Too much CO2. We have to start now. Please, you are so great. I'm so happy that you really support a new Green Deal, but I it's mean, not enough. It's embarrassing, really. She's, it's not even a clever stunt it's not funny she's an idiot and aoc rightfully i mean i if i was there i would think this woman is nuts but she she was looking at her with compassion and was concerned for her instead the right wing what happened the right wing jumped on her i guess they wanted her to give a statement about what she thought about eating babies ridiculous effing ridiculous you know even if we would bomb russia we still have too many people too much pollution so we have to get rid of the babies that's a big problem just stopping having babies is not enough we need to eat right. the babies I'm- and, and look at aoc obviously she's like should i call 911 is this woman in a crisis just very serious. Please no, 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 give a response. Okay, no, See, look. So please get a response. She says. No, Wait, where is? It? Let me rewind it. Please no, no, give a response. Okay, no, she wants AOC to say something stupid about. Oh yes, I agree. And I don't know if you heard in there. She said a scientist in Sweden said we should eat people. Now we need to eat babies. This is, of course, another canard i i looked up this of course i i knew when when i heard her say that i thought that has to be something that is making the rounds on right wing not uh you know right wing media and not um did i say i don't know what i said swedish scientists propose proposes cannibalism um it's i looked on snopes so i did a i did a, a search about, uh, when I heard her say, a Swedish scientist says we should eat people, so we need to eat babies. And I thought, that has to be something that is uh, is making, you know, it, it, it's, you don't hear that in normal media. 
obviously that's some they take one little sliver of something that might have somebody might have said and they conflate it and blow it up so i looked it up and the and i came across scientists suggest eating human flesh to fight to fight climate change and it's not that's not true and all of the the headlines were on fox news or the new york post they and this is what they do they take something and they misconstrue it purposefully for their dupes so for instance now the New York Post says a Swedish scientist speaking at stock at a Stockholm summit last week offered an unusual possible tactic in combating global climate change, eating human flesh. Stockholm School of Economics professor and researcher Magnus Sod- Soderlund reportedly said he believes eating human meat derived from dead bodies might be able to ha- help save the human race if only a world society were if only world society were to awaken to the idea all right Sutherland's argument for human capitalism was was front and center during a panel talk called can you imagine eating human flesh at the gastro summit reports the epoch the epoch times conservative taboos against cannibalism he said can change over time if people simply tried eating human flesh now this was all Okay, let now I was like, this does not sound normal. And I went on Snopes and Snopes gives it a mixture because it was sort of you it wasn't real. The guy wasn't saying we should eat human flesh. They were it was like an ethical question. Now, I don't know, I went to college, not everybody did, whatever, but in college I had a medical ethics class and these were the kind of questions that we would talk about and write about and propose and argue about. It, it's not that we, it was ever going to happen, but it was about uh, getting to a, a larger point and analyzing people's attitudes on a variety of subjects. So, the reason why Snopes get it gave it a mixture is because they propose it wasn't a real proposal. It wasn't, but that's what Republicans do. There, there, there's no gray. It's only black or white. So if he says we should eat ca- uh, human flesh, they were. T- it was to all hypothetical, and they were using it as an example to. Okay, let me expl- let me read what it says in Snopes. Magnus Sunderland did not propose or advocate cannibalism as a solution to climate change during a September 3rd interview on Swedish television. Rather, he explained that his re- research on into the issue was intended to provoke to provoke thought, engage where audiences would draw the line in their willingness to consume various kinds of meat. What's undetermined? We have not yet obtained the video. Okay, that's what it says. Uh, uh, <clears throat> so it wasn't, he wasn't actually proposing let's eat human flesh. It was one of these ethical conversations. Where's your, where do you draw the line? What would, it, it, it's just what human beings do. We, we as, as conferences especially, they're, they're trying, they were, um, 
having a, a, a conversation. Nobody was ever going to eat human flesh, but it was one of these outrageous proposal. It's not a proposal, an outrageous idea that allowed the those who participated in the conversation to analyze their own views on things, how how far they would go in certain situations, or would they or would they draw the line? What is ethical? What is unethical? Eating meat? Where do you draw the line? Do you draw? Do you go all the way to eating human human beings if it comes down to it? Or you know what I mean? That's the uh, yeah, I mean people who understand uh, you know ethical questions or whatever or conversations or it's a game. It's it's not real. You're 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 having a thought provoking conversation, and for the Republicans to to present it as if it's real, it goes to show you how stupid they are and how intellectually incurious they are and how unfit they are to function and to hold leadership positions in a modern nation because they know that they're lying and they're telling their audience a complete untruth, all to ensure that the planet continues to hurtle towards inhabitability being in habitable, I can't talk. Uh, I can't. Why can't I never say that word? In habitable? No, no, no. You know what I'm saying? Where people can't live on it. God damn it! I can never say that word. It's like gets stuck in my my jaw or something. But you know what I mean. Also, they we can keep plummeting towards uh, a planet where we can't live on a hot planet, a uh, a, a dangerous planet that. That that has where superstorms are the norm, they, and that's why uh, they're upsetting their their dupes. You think like some seventy something year old woman or man is uh, watching Fox News understands the the shades of gray, understands that they're not really s- talking about eating human flesh. It was it was a game. It was uh, a conversation. It's a it's not real. So, but they're reporting it as if it is. They're so disgusting. And they, it's malpractice. They're, they're using it as, uh, you know, they know they're upsetting people. They want people confused and upset. They want the most outrageous of, uh, you know, outrageous things like that to say that, oh, uh, you see, we can't do anything about climate change because look, there's there's people who want to eat human flesh. So are you even? Uh, you want? What do you want to do? Save the planet like in like uh, a cannibal? Or you want to you want to eat human flesh? There's nothing in between. You it's unreal. It's really it's beyond. I I, I it's so vile because they know that they are upsetting people that and you know most people when i I, when i saw that i'm so used to smelling the bullshit of the right wing even it's on fox news it's on it's only especially when one of the giveaways is when you see something that's only on fox news only on right wing media or the post when i saw that clip of AOC dealing with that woman and the right wing reaction I was like there you go again yet again another example 
of how useless Republicans are. They, they rally around this treasonous con man as he calls for more autocrats to help the campaign to uh, keep his bony, greedy fingers around the neck of power. And they pull this stunt at AOC's town hall. Like, we have actual problems going on, and this is, this is what they're doing to address it. Sending some, mo- some moron who can't even pull it off. I don't know if you saw all of the people at the town hall. They were just sitting there looking at this woman like, oh, what should I do? Um, is this a woman in a crisis or is this just an idiot? She, it was embarrassing to watch. It's, it's cringeworthy. So that's how useless Republicans are because they're not actually trying to address any of the problems that we face. They're trying to confuse the situation even more than it already is. They want us to die, right? It's never enough for them. They don't, and in fact, it's like, let's say, let's just say that climate change isn't real, all right? Okay, let's just say, for the sake of argument, that no, it's uh, natural cycles up and down, and what is the, what, what does it matter? If it's, if it's human-caused or not, it's happening. And if there's something we can do about it, then why, aren't, why wouldn't we do it? Why wouldn't we want a clean, renewable planet that, isn't, that, isn't rely, that doesn't rely on archaic, filthy energy systems? Why wouldn't we want that? You know what I mean? Like, they're not even... They, they, their argument is completely uh, full of nothing. It's it is useless. It does nothing. They are all they do is hold us back from the real problems that we face. So in that town hall, instead of talking about all of the real things that we need to address, uh, instead of the a clip being out there going viral of AOC or any of the people in the town hall talking about actual issues and solutions actual solutions we have to endure a moron talking about eating babies taking off her jacket and showing a shirt that she had made we must eat babies i guess she thought that was really funny when she was talking to her fascist right-wing nazi tiki torching idiot incel friends oh look i made up a shirt for it <laughs> instead of having a real cause get a real cause go volunteer at the goddamn go volunteer at uh you know some homeless shelter if you don't like homeless people go volunteer at a friggin' animal shelter do something decent why do you have to spend your limited lifespan being a moron you know what i mean Th- these people they are useless they don't, and if you're going to be useless, why don't you shut up? That's what my, like my mother always said. You got nothing to say, don't say anything. You have nothing to contribute. Keep your filthy fascist mouth shut. If you are that stupid, listen. Shut your mouth and open your ears. That's why they say you have one mouth and two ears. Because you're supposed to listen twice as often as you open your fascist pie hole, or in the case of Republicans, lie hole. Disgusting, these people. You know what I mean? 
So we have actual things to do. And this idiot is, is making a, a shirt that says we must eat babies. Because why? Because big oil hasn't done enough damage? There's not enough money in, the, in big oil's pockets. They don't get enough subsidies. They haven't killed enough people. They haven't sickened enough of our environment. They want it all. It's the same thing as uh, we always ask that question. What do they want? They want it all. We know for a fact that the big oil, that they knew 30 years ago that they, they were affecting, negatively affecting the climate. They knew that. And they used all of their power, all that money, all those subsidies, those tax subsidies. That means that we helped them. We paid for them. We don't have enough money to so everybody can have health care, but we got enough money to funnel into the arms of people who don't need it, who are murdering the planet, murdering human beings by sending soldiers into harm's way for, for nothing but big oil as they're stroking the swords of dictators. We have these filthy, disgusting Saudis, the Mohammed bin Bonesaw, Twitler's uh, genuflecting in front of this disgusting handmaid's tale asshole. And, uh, you know, this idiot, this this woman is uh, going into a town hall, disrupting it like an idiot, like an asshole. But, I mean, as I said from the beginning, we can only expect grunts from pigs. What do I expect? You know, a bird's got to sing. A fish has got to swim. A bird's got to fly. And a fascist has got to be a useless, nothing, contributing of nothing and bringing nothing to the table. That's what they do. And, and like the, uh, when I see online or whatever, these right-wingers, oh, they don't like straw, they're, they don't like paper straws or whatever. They're always complaining. Such whiners. Oh, wow, wow, I can't drink out of a paper. Well, how about you? Who said you need a straw? Drink out of a glass. You got to have it. You got to suck something up. I mean, but what does it matter? They need their straws. Okay, whatever. But we would never, ever pester a right winger to, to pull a hair, to do something to save the planet. My God, we know what we're dealing with. They would never, well, I would never insult them by assuming they might want to contribute to make America the beautiful live up to that name, right? Why would, uh, why would we even dare? Why would we waste our time uh, trying to recruit them to, to uh, use America the beautiful for more than just a toilet? That's their right as an American. All we can do is limit the damage that they do and continue to evolve without them. You can't graft a new idea on a closed mind. Of course they're, they have closed minds. They're dragging us back to the Dark Ages. They don't like this country. We understand that. Uh, and I make the case every week. They do not like America at all. As much as they love their made-in-China American flag lapel pens and love raping the flag in public, they don't like this country. They don't like that it's a nation of immigrants. 
they don't like the, uh, that it's a democracy. They don't like the general welfare. They don't like the free press. They don't like it. They are much more impressed with authoritarian dictators. Isn't that evident? They have one. They have a Kim Jong-un sucking sycophant in the White House, and they're fine with it. They should be embarrassed. If they really like this country, they would be embarrassed. Not just concerned like Jeff Flake or Mitt Romney. Oh, I'm oh so concerned. Really? You're concerned? That's like when your house is burning to the ground. I'm a little concerned about that. This is how it's how republics die, as we were saying in the beginning. As we know, it's not just the Republicans, it's the Democrats. You know, Nancy Pelosi's prayerful fairness, whatever. What are you being fair? I mean, yeah, of course, we're fair when we're telling the truth. Just tell the truth. Who cares? It's not, we're not being unfair by making a Republican live up to the moniker of the party of personal responsibility. Have them take responsibility for the crimes and the destruction that they have that they have inflicted on this country it's unbelievable the uselessness and and that's what that headline should have screamed at on when this whatever all of a sudden uh eat babies was trending that's how, that's how i i learned about it because i could i was like what is this eat babies and then i looked it up of course it's some effing useless right winger pulling a stunt we need to eat babies and then donald trump jr the most useless human being that ever lived next to uh, uh, uh right right below twitler was like oh look at this it's an example of the loony left or whatever he said something but it, and aoc was completely 100 percent right they're mocking someone who is mentally ill. But then we found out more. It's not, yes, she's mentally ill because she's a, she's a conservative. She's a right-winger, a trump Lyndon LaRouche, apparently. A moron. How are you a young woman who, who likes uh, Lyndon LaRouche? Talk about a shame. If I was that person's mother, I would be embarrassed. I'd be like, where did I go wrong? Really? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, and Donald Trump. I didn't even see this. Donald Trump himself, the asshole-in-chief, the Twitler, tweeted about it. AOC is a whack job, he writes. As if she had anything to do with planting uh, Lyndon LaRouche, Trump and Z to say we should eat babies, to spread a lie that Republicans... I mean, they just love lies. They eat them like Cheerios in the morning. Just eating lies. Unfortunately, when they defecate, they do it all over this great nation that we're trying to have. We're trying to have a great nation. We would have one if it weren't for right-wingers. Like I say, I wish they would secede already. Wouldn't it be better for us all? All right, guys, I see the time. I really enjoyed hanging out with you as much as I wish we were talking about puppies and kittens instead of fascism, instead of fighting fascism. Wouldn't it be great if we were talking about kittens? I love kittens. They're so cute and little and they're fun. They're little balls of life and energy and puppies. But we have to talk about this. We have to talk about 
Republican, well, lap dogs. And I wouldn't want to insult the dog by calling him a Republican. The dogs would never be so evil and selfish. We know that. And stupid, too. They wouldn't shit where they eat, either. That's the one thing you could say about a dog. They're smarter than that, like Republicans do, when they turn America the Beautiful into a toilet for corporate waste. All right, listen, guys. Thank you for hanging out. Thank you for the super chats. That really meant the world to me to see those super chats come in. It really lifted my spirits because it made me think that we are in this together for real. We really are. And I'm going to do my part. I will show up as much as I have life in my body. I tried to do a weekday special this week. It didn't work out. I apologize. Or last week, I should say. I was going to do one Wednesday, but I ended up getting drenched to the bone in the rain. And it was I wasn't feeling well. So anyway. And that's it. As I always say, we stick together. We win. And we will win. Because we're on the right side of history and the right side of humanity. So, my name is Tara Devlin. Thank you so much for all that you do to keep me going and make this world a better place. I appreciate it. I will see you later.